And honestly, when I was in the finals, like I was doing my best to take it all in, but I was not realizing like, dude, I am like on the floor of the NBA finals. Um, and so kind of taking a step back and like you talked about rewatching everything. Oh my gosh, I've watched our highlights from the mm. playoffs so many times. Hell yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to episode 78 of the 505 Podcast. Today we welcome a very special guest. He hails from the land of Newport Beach, California. He's a storyteller, video producer, photographer. The guy does it all. Please welcome Trey Maynard. Wee, wee, wee. Thank yep. you, thank you, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Very hyped to have you. You just popped into town for a few days, so we swooped nice. you up, took you onto the show, and I really want you to give me a great score on this one-handed crack. I have high faith in you. Come on. Okay, nice. come on, okay. baby. Yep, yep, legal. Yep, boom. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Oh shit! You know, I, I don't know if I've ever he, seen a double dent. That's it. the first. Oh, you, you popped one out. Oh, yeah. it one out. It's a huge dent. Um, you did get it open. Those those are gonna dock some scores. Yeah, we got a lot of dents going on. We're gonna allow about a two nine to start us off, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, Come you, on, Trey. Not an NA, not an NA, and that's what matters. You know, you've been shooting sports for a long time. Started out in at Baylor, then we ended up going to the Pistons out of school. Then we popped over to the Miami Heat. Now you're doing your own thing. So I want to kind of dive back to the days of Baylor to mm. start us out. What have, you know originally made you pick up a camera there and why sports specifically? Yeah, good question, obviously. I, uh, I bought my first camera because I just wanted to document memories of my friends. Where um, kind of what you're getting to do with this, this little vlog and we're going to see in your life. But wanted to be on my phone less and, and and my dad did a great job when I was young documenting like me and my siblings lives. So now I can like look back when I was whatever age and um, see what I was doing. So I want to do the same. And uh, I actually, before I went to Baylor, I was playing basketball at a small school in Chicago, transferred there. And then the camera kind of just became my way to stay in the game. And wasn't good enough to keep playing, didn't want to coach and found a third option. And so at Baylor, what did it look like when you first started working with the team? Were you mainly doing video? Were you doing photo? Because you're obviously a dual threat. I feel like that's rare nowadays to be good at both. Um, and so shout out to you for being it, awesome at both. It's hard Appreciate to do that. what we do, you know? These guys just don't really get it. We're a couple more of specialists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, we're more just, specialists. Like a surgeon, dude. Yeah. Like a neurosurgeon. Yeah, exactly. Not a general doctor, dude. <laughs> you guys are MDs and that's fine. God, I can just, we can just do it all, you know? Yeah, come on. It's not my fault we're good at everything we do. That's what I'm saying. It can't, it can't be all of us. But. So I, I started as a student photographer shooting uh, football and basketball. Um, that was my junior year. And then going into my senior year was when it was like a year and a half, two years before NIL went live. Um, and the basketball team was looking for someone to just handle all the players, social medias, photo were, and video. Were you there when Nooney was there? I was not, I missed he was not. So he went to my high school and then no he w had a similar like Juco transfer and then, yeah. yeah. And he's the, you've seen the meme about the, the kid has not been, a kid sees father for first time in 26 years or whatever. No, I haven't. <laughs> it's a true story. It's, it's that was his life, dude. It's the craziest it's thing ever. Crazy. It's and like, that, that's him? Yeah, it's a crazy story. We'll talk about it later. But it was <laughs> wild. He went to my high school and he went to Baylor and it was like awesome. similar time. Gotcha. So to, had to check in and play to basketball. specify, that was an ESPN title during yes. a college basketball yeah. game. Kid has not seen his dad in 26 years. Yeah. What? It was insane. I think it was like 21, 22. Yeah. But anyways, we'll get whatever. into it later. Did your desire to go to Baylor stem from you growing up playing ball, knowing that they have a really good program and like kind of wanting to be around that? Like, did you want to go to a school that had a really good sports program? Yes and no. Honestly, going to Baylor stemmed from like, I'm, I'm a Christian and grew up going to a Christian summer camp in Missouri, actually called Canacuck. And uh, there was like 400 people from that. that went to Baylor. So when oh, I was wow. transferring, I was like, I was looking for a place to call home. Went and visited just some friends at Baylor, looked around and knew a ton of people. I was like, yeah, this already feels like home. Did you feel comfortable with video and photo once you got that job or were you kind of mid and like really getting your bearings like as, you know, as a student, like I wasn't great, like when I started out as a student. So you just hopped into it there at like an elite program. Did you feel like you had catching up to do? Did you have good mentors there? Yeah, I, I wasn't good okay. at all. <laughs> That, well, I look at the stuff from Baylor. You, that's kind of a lie, but okay. okay. But when you started, you felt like you weren't up to this, the standard of what you wanted to be at. For sure. Okay. For sure. That, uh, yeah, I kind of was just dabbling, figuring out as I go. I mean, there's a lot of, I wish I had studied more before I got into it, but I've always been a guy who just picks it up and then figures it out. Mm. Um, which is, I mean, been a blessing and has worked out so far, but yeah, I was really just 
pressing the red button and <laughs> is <laughs> the program like really intense there for like the type of content there because that's when they were like real fucking good right like did they win the did they win the ship when you were there we did my yeah. senior year we yeah won the championship movies that was, that was nuts crazy. um so yeah was like the the demands really intense that year i assume so so my situation was so unique i didn't have a boss okay it was just make whatever you think you want to make and if it's cool we'll post it that's sick, and dude. it literally only went on the player's account so i didn't have any rules for music or licensing or anything or i could put i don't know any footage from anything anywhere on there um, so it wasn't going on like a team account it was going strictly to the players it's strictly to the players that is crazy it what a wild. great recruiting tactic yeah right <laughs> you're literally. just seeing all these crazy lit edits that's insane you're just like let me get you bangers for the gram. Like, don't even worry. Like, little baby, Literally. put that in there. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. That new Drake. Doesn't matter what they're saying. Who cares? Fucking put it over the edit. <laughs> Not a thing. The only thing they asked was, like, I put this little, like, Baylor, like, graphic at the end of every video. And, like, towards the end, I just stopped putting it in. And even then, they were like, all right, whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Chase and I went to Wisconsin together. Okay. And my, he's a year younger school-wise yeah, than right. me. His freshman year, my sophomore year, we made it to the national championship. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, Chase, were you on State Street once yeah, we yeah. beat, it was Kentucky, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. it was the year that Wisconsin beat the undefeated Kentucky team. Sheesh. And we just rushed State Street and we're like, 38 and one. And it was just <laughs> lit. I, and then we were pretty sad because we lost. I was actually there for the Duke when we lost. I was on State <sighs> Street and people were like sad. And you know where yeah. I was when we beat Kentucky? Newport Beach. Come on, yeah. oh, come on, break, nine, nine. Spring break, I was in like a little sports bar and it was fucking, oh my God, I was so excited. I remember walking home with my brother and he was just like, I cannot wait to like watch highlights until my dick literally falls off. <laughs> you know when like something that great happens and you just want to like live it yes, some more? Yes, yes. Fucking best. Dude, Anyways, I, I sometimes I, will go back and like watch yeah, that game. <laughs> Like, acting like you don't actually know what's gonna happen. Oh right? my goodness! Like, oh shit, we, oh, we yeah. made it. You yeah, like, yeah. bet on it with your girl. You're yeah. like, he's gonna make this shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's like, a, there's a crazy camaraderie that goes around with like college sports. It's like mm -hmm. even it's way more lit than professional way sports. More. And being that you're like around the players, like what is it like on a national championship run and winning the nat the national championship and getting to document that? Yeah, it, I mean, it was crazy. Like it. It was one of those things. So the year before we won was COVID and we were going into the tournament as a number one seed. So we actually, honestly, I think we would have won it that year too. But so that basically same team minus like two people plus one more person was the team coming back that ended up winning the national championship. So it was like a family from the jump and like day one of, of practice, training camp, whatever. It was like family. They're playing all sorts of games. That was actually the bubble too. Um, NCAA bubble. So, I mean, it was camaraderie through the moon i also feel like you're the same age as these players so i feel like it might be a little bit easier to totally. kind of like bond with them as opposed to shooting pro sports where sure. you're dealing with someone who's you know mid to late 30s shit. or even in their 20s yeah. um how did you how were you able to like form that bond with those players was it just like pretty seamless because like you grew up playing ball and like you're just like, cool, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm a, a part of it was actually, I didn't mention this, but my first year at Baylor, I wasn't even doing content. I was a manager for the basketball team. Oh. So I was in there playing defense and, and oh, guarding crazy. them, wiping their sweat. Like, so it was like, oh, this is this, motherfuckers That's out. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> just hoping that, that I didn't get put on a highlight. But, uh, <laughs> but no, so I literally had like a full year before I started doing the content stuff of being around the guys every day and, and in the gym just as much, if not they were. How do you kind of work with that relationship of trying to get the shot, but also respecting their space? Because I feel mm -hmm. like it's so important for what we do filming specifically like professional sports it's like you don't want to bug them but you also mm -hmm. want to get your clip and it's important to kind of have an understanding of that working relationship that we're not there to obviously bother them and so like how do you kind of go about that at a college level for sure i think i mean college and it's a lot it's a lot lower level at the college than than, than professional obviously in terms of the stakes but um it's always been in my head of like okay what do i actually need for my edit will I survive without this shot of him in a moment where he might not want to be filmed? Um, and if I will, then, I, then I'm not recording. Um, if it's something like, oh my God, like I gotta get this, like the, the, the moment popping into my head is, is Adam Sandler was brought into our locker room this past year. This is, this is a jumping in professional, but um, obviously you're rolling on that, even though it was like a special moment. But um, 
it's 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 something I've learned from a guy like David Sosna and from the Suns. He's kind of been my mentor of of prioritize relationship over content, um, and it'll last you longer in the long run. Definitely. No, and I, I think we can see it from the the work that you put out all throughout the year. And so after, you know, we're going to hop over the Pistons for a second because I want to focus on this run that just happened. Yeah. You know, we just went on this crazy championship run with the with the Detroit, or with the Miami Heat and you were able to go on the road for all of that, seeing, you know, all, all the things throughout the entire playoffs, which is crazy. Yeah. I really wish we would have met you guys there, you know, <laughs> um, but what, what was the what was the experience like for covering a team from you covered a championship team in college and now you're getting to cover it on the pro level. What was the mm-hmm. differences that you noticed from covering those two different teams yeah i think the biggest thing would just be the noise around it um like like at baylor we were murdering everyone in the tournament we barely lost any games in the regular season and still nobody cared until we won the national championship wow miami it's like we win the play-in games and we win game game one against the bucks Mm. and like we're on every media platform and it's all anybody could talk about um so i was just nuts like going into every game seeing like thousands of media people there to shoot and um, talking about us and and as we were just trying to prove everybody wrong and um, it was i mean that the stakes the level the amount of people watching and talking about it was was crazy how do you go about preparing for a big game like that what what's kind of your process on the back end of you got your gear already like besides mm-hmm. the gear the gear set what more from like a narrative standpoint are you looking for when you go out to shoot something like that yeah going into the finals i was i was the only camera for the heat there obviously we have access to every broadcast camera but but it was just i gotta leave that thing rolling mm-hmm. it was shoot everything um everything besides locker room pregame but it was every moment every shoe being tied every whatever um and finding a way to shoot it in a way that somebody else might not be um i think i think is more so my thought do you have clips of jimmy butler just being a dog on people yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's so fucking dope he's such a beast (laughs) does he say some just crazy shit not that for sure yeah yeah for sure i mean as everyone suspects do you have a certain deliverables that you're producing like per game i know Braden, like he's editing during the games and you know sending off clips to post highlights on social but I guess, what's the difference between like, uh, you said you didn't have a boss and you're kind of making stuff for the players at Oregon, or not Oregon, sorry, uh, Baylor. Much more, per- similar, yeah, similar color. bigger, better yeah. school, similar color. you know, yeah. and it just um, happens. So, you, you know, you, I feel like you're, you're talking about you don't really have like deliverables, really things that you have to be making mm-hmm. um, at Baylor. You're kind of just like saucing up some sick edits. It, was it kind of similar to that with the heat or are, do you have kind of more specific deliverables that you have to turn around? Yeah, during during the finals, nothing set. But mm-hmm. during during the season, definitely there was like a massive, massive lift list of, season, uh, of stuff I needed to cook up. But, but during the finals, it was more, the only thing we would plan is if we're doing like an arrival video. Um, let's say we like Jimmy, uh, I don't know, was hurt for a couple of games. Like we need, we need to put like a clip of him walking in um, or him showing up to game one of the finals. Cause that's like the noise. He's our guy. Um, but other than that, it's just going off what happens. Um, like a big play in game. We have a system called live view where we send it out to an editor, um, which is a blessing that I didn't have to edit my own stuff in game. You just focus on shooting it, just letting it rip. Mm-hmm. Um, and then post game, it's like, what, what happened? Um, what are the big moments who went crazy? Um, was it a team win? Did Jimmy have 56? Did, did Tyler hit a game winner? What what kind of happened? Um, then we go from there. Are you making edits around like that specific thing? Like like Jimmy getting 56, you're going and you're talking with your social team and they're like, hey, Trey, like, I think this would be a good call. And you're obviously like, confirming it and then going to cut it. Or is it all being shipped to the editor? All being shipped to the editor. Oh, wow. It so, was, so you really get to focus on just getting nailing the best clips. Exactly. That's exactly. so nice. That's how I would want it to It be was a blessing at the Heat, for oh, sure. Oh, that's so nice. For sure. I did not have it like that in Detroit. I know, I know most teams don't, but we, yeah. It's a great infrastructure. And so what what did the rest of your team look like at that specific job? How many other people did you have that were helping specifically shoot? And then how many editors? It's complex, but there's there's a broadcast team, an in-arena team, and then a digital content team. And I was on the digital content team. And then there's a social media team. Um, social media is just posting and they did a little bit of photos. Um, but, but in any one night, there would be me shooting an editor and then someone else to help whether it's help the editor or help pull sound or help whatever, kind of like a, a bystander to whatever needed to get done. Um, but every game night, about three three people. Are you doing photos and videos still, like at the finals when you're the only camera for the heat? Or I, is it just video? 
just video except for like little moments Got um it. like every time out basically looks the same so when they're in the huddle ripping a bunch when they're walking out of the huddle ripping a bunch and then once game so action starts are you like dual wielding like a photo and a video <laughs> camera or yeah, yeah? got a little what do you what are you using i had uh that guy right there c70 for video nice. and then uh up until a week ago i was a sony a92 guy for photo oh wow those yeah. are crazy now i'm a sony a1 guy for photo oh. you guys like not having a flip out screen yeah, dude, yeah the, no flip out it's, screen is brutal. Well, just put your eye in the thing, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, I just came back today. I was at a Sony event. Like, they have a the band week. camp kind of thing. Yeah. Is, oh, fire. He's mad he didn't get invited. A band camp. Yeah, like, I, was, I was talking to a guy who is like in charge of creating new products for Sony. Oh, wow. And so he came up to me and my buddy Jayhawk, and he was like, mm-hmm. Do you guys have anything that you guys like would like changed in these cameras oh, or go. like ideas for new products? And I would go, yeah, you guys need to make an A1 with a flip out screen. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. And it was actually really cool because I was like, oh, I also want these and these and these. Right. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the A1, the A1 does rip. It's really it nice is. to have just like a killer hybrid camera. 100%. Yeah. 100%. I, I just don't, with the flip out screen, I just don't understand why not. I mean, I'm like yeah. fine with that, but like what was like, I don't know, the I, thought process. I think so they can make like the a1 v2 you know yeah. that flips out and it's like now spend eight thousand more dollars you know <laughs> that is sony's thing make every camera just close to perfect yeah so the next one. <laughs> that's what they always do you're on the road for this playoff run are you going to every single game as well like all 82 games i technically was that was like technically the job but we would like take road trips off so like i wouldn't die or like my buddy has a wedding i'll go i, pr- I probably did like 95 percent of road games but then home games we we gave a lot of those to other shooters for like those like series do you want them to, like like the boston series right when you were mm-hmm. up three oh you're like can we just end this so, like i can like get a little rest before yeah. the finals oh yeah yeah oh, was yeah. that so was everyone oh, just yeah. so frustrated oh yeah. yeah oh yeah we like yeah that was I, we thought it was over I was yeah like, right i was like texting people yeah. like in miami like oh i'm finally a couple days off <laughs> yeah, go get dinner yeah frick yeah <laughs> Are you, seven. are you also ice bathing like are you you know you're working hard just as much as the players like what's the recovery look like dude oh, man. the playoff game like we're thinking we're doing 82 games well, and you're just mm-hmm. traveling dude that's the recovery yeah. you gotta oh, recover yeah. from that pelican cases are so heavy like yeah the pelicans are too it's so annoying yeah. somebody's got to carry the heavy cameras mm, you know right. so, yeah. <laughs> so how, how do you stay sane throughout the year in this specific job i feel like a lot of people leave, uh, and you did leave. And, and, and there, there's a high turnover in professional sports, you know? And so, no concerts, which yeah. is, yeah I, yeah, I did concerts for a little bit and left. Yeah, I think that there is a high turnover granted to the demand of the job. And so for those that don't know, when the season starts, it's all hands on deck, yep. and you really are, you're on call all yep. the fucking time, you yep. know? And so it, it really, you really have to love documenting or love like what you do mm-hmm. to be a part of, you know, either a college team or a pro team. And so how did you specifically stay sane? Because I feel like I get DMs a lot of, oh, I'm burning out and I, you know, I'm not protecting my energy, but like, what did you do throughout this crazy run? Because also people don't talk about in the NBA, a lot of teams are done, you know, way earlier. They get fucking four months off and they're yep. just kicking it. If your team's not good, they're just hanging, you know? Shooting for the wolves would be great. <laughs> unfortunately not this year though come on yeah you know so they they, they get that off season and so you really don't you you, you know you don't get an off season if your mm. team goes all the way which is like what you want obviously yeah. but how'd you how'd you stay sane during that whole time it it was really me trying to stay grateful for what i was getting to do which let me not like act like it was easy it was it was brutal um like it's it's hours on hours you're you're on the same schedule players if it's a back-to-back you finish a game you fly to the next city you're getting in bed at like 5 a.m and then you're waking up at a 10 for shoot around and over and over and over again except when you get to the hotel you gotta send foot you gotta edit and you gotta do all this and you gotta do all that but um really just trying to stay sober-minded and be like i am sitting crisscross applesauce on an nba baseline like i i can't really complain about this you know and i'm getting to be around the highest level of basketball in the game with getting to watch Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, all these guys and and sit on a plane a couple rows behind Eric Spolstra. Like it was just like as a basketball guy, like it was it was mind-boggling what I was getting to do and be a part of. Um but there's definitely moments that I was like this is too much and and obviously I I did quit and so it was not what I wanted to keep doing, but um yeah. A huge thing with the recovery though. I didn't get to mention. Mm. They don't they don't talk about what that hotel is like. <laughs> Those hotels, hotels are, are very fire. nice. 
<laughs> I mean, those are crazy. Bro. The sauna is how you recover. You right? get you get to no, see, no. see those hotels, and you're like, well, man, when we when we went to New York, we stayed like a Holiday Inn, and I'm oh, like, no. this just is not what I had. You kind of ruined it. It kind of ruined traveling. You ruined traveling in hotels for like the end of time. You're oh like, yeah, four seasons are bust, dude. Literally, you're on a private team plane. I oh, assume. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, travel is fucked for you guys, dude. Like, welcome dumb. to Coach in the Holiday Inn. You know, <laughs> literally, bro. I'm Holiday Inn Express, bro. You know what I mean? Oh man, it was crazy too. Like the plane is so nice, and it doesn't matter. Like I lost my ID on a trip. And it didn't matter. They were just like, yeah, bro, you good. Like, right. Just, just, get on, just get on the plane. I have yeah. a question. So when you get onto like an NBA, pay, uh, an NBA plane, you get screened sometimes randomly. And so they have like a list of people. And so most people don't get fucking screened. Yeah. I got screened every single flight that we really? went on. And so I had a joke with AD security guard. His, his name's a GP. He's like, yo, Fig, are you ever going to like not get screened? And I'm like, no, dude, like I'm fucked. And randomly one time in Canada, they let me go through and we were like, he's like, you made it, baby. Like, let's go. <laughs> do, do, do you ever get screened on these flights? <laughs> like, do, do Is it just a me, just a me thing? Like, every single every time. time it's probably all of like the fucking shit you're carrying. You know, it looks like you're yeah. carrying a bomb, you know? little bit the pelican case it's like just saying dude i you know they're not screening lebron they just got a pelican case not because of lebron (laughs) true it's so funny dude okay question you played ball and i feel like a lot of people who grow up playing sports um at some point like to make it to the league it's such a slim percentage that you're actually going to make it to the league right but you still have this love for the game Mm -hmm. so you pick up a camera and you start shooting at baylor was the goal kind of like I have a way to make it to the league in a different way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, I I going back to talking about David Sosna, like he opened my eyes like immediately, like yo, bro, you can do this, like you can get there, and and that was the goal from day one. And um, let's get to the NBA. Yeah, whatever, and figuring out what. That's honestly why I started doing video, um, because as as Fig will attest to, unless you're. Uh, AK Fieldster, you can't really just be a photographer in the NBA. It's like one of the hardest things to be a sole photographer. In the, I, we yeah, we count them on one hand, probably. Literally. That's All, crazy. It's insane. It's very, it's very tight knit group. And yeah, like video, I think. And the apps are video first nowadays. Yep. Yeah. So I feel like they're becoming, you know, more prominent that we do need even more video shooters than they had in the past. So someone who is getting into video, they're really into sports. Maybe they're starting at the high school level mm-hmm. uh, or maybe they're even shooting in college. What piece of advice would you give to them to maybe be able to take their stuff to the next level or position themselves to be able to get to the league and film for the NBA at some point? Yeah, the the biggest thing I learned and did was was study how NBA teams were doing content and study the way it looked, study the way it was shot, study the shots they were getting because when 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 you hire someone for a job, you want them to be able to do exactly what that job is and obviously take it to another level and do it better. But I was kind of coming up in the age of like these AAU videographers that were having spaceships fly across the screen. It's like, bro, nobody on the team, they don't want, yeah. they don't give a frick about your spaceships. It's crazy like, nowadays, bro. I'll see edits and someone will send it to me like, this is dope. I'm like, that was the worst thing I've ever <laughs> fucking seen in my whole life, bro. Like they they got like, like I'm like, what the fuck just happened? It's like a Star Wars yeah, song like, playing. Like, like, coming out of the eye. Yeah, yeah, like, literally, 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 literally bro. They're like, it like breaks the backboard. I'm like, what about just like a clean video? Like, right. you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like enough people aren't focusing on that. Yep. I, I feel like that's a lot of my advice to people is there, you know, you see like an edit nowadays and I'm like, dude, you just put 47 edits in under 30 seconds. Like, yeah, what right. do we just watch? You know? I saw nothing. No ad, No, no, none of the biggest teams or any ad agency will ever produce something like that and i feel like people need to hear that yeah you know because it's like cool and flashy and it's like oh maybe that gets clicks on social but are you actually telling a story does mm-hmm. anyone know what happened or did they just get epilepsy from like watching your video <laughs> you know it. and it's the same reason like i feel like with team stuff you want this to see the stuff you don't get to see right yeah. like with someone on the ground it's like i want to see like that little moment where he's like looking in it's like intense and like mm-hmm. that says something not just like a crazy like well you can see that on tv like pre-game montage or whatever the fuck you know like you want to see like the moments that you wouldn't really see and you kind of want them like raw and cool yeah. totally i feel like they're 100%. missing moments you know right. they're just going for like the flashy highlight instead of like the reaction of jimmy or him like hugging tyler after they had like a crazy bucket you know what i mean something like that yeah. I feel like I, I think that's just a really great piece of advice because you can relate it to any form of content. It's not just sports. If you want to work with Nike or Apple or any other major brand, 
make sure your stuff looks like what that brand's content looks like to exactly. position yourself to a point where you can potentially work with them because like you said they're not going to hire you if your stuff doesn't look like the kind of stuff they're already producing exactly no matter I, how good you are like yeah. they're not going to change their brand for you exactly totally and I, I didn't get that when i when i remember when i first got that job i was talking to people there and they're like explain to us when we're hiring interns like we're not looking for someone who wants to come in here and absolutely change and shake up like right. everything, everything that we're doing you know yeah. like hey we gotta change. Yo, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> we're gonna totally yeah. we're, <laughs> we're, we're, what you guys got going on <laughs> gotta change that you know and i think they most of the teams when they're hiring or any ad agency they just want help you know we need someone to come in here and actually be you know one of the pegs in the machine mm -hmm. to like help this thing continue to grow and help mm -hmm. it build you know and so after this season wraps up we we get done with the season you go you're in south beach still what is kind of going through your mind what were your thoughts on this whole year how did you like living in south beach by the way good question i still live there okay oh. I moved, I did move 20 minutes south of the city. So I'm getting out a little bit, but love it and hate it. It's mm. a lot, which makes for a lot of fun. And there's always something going on. There's always like a, there's a Miami music week. I didn't even know that was a thing, F1, whatever. But it's also just toxic and yeah. gross. And <laughs> Miami's a different beast. Yeah, bro, yeah, it's dude. insane. <laughs> I spent some time there during, uh, when I was touring, the DJs had uh, a, a residency oh, at, no. they would do which like one? live. Yeah. And, uh, uh, not eleven because that's the story. Yes, story yeah. and 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 live and uh, pretty wild nights, but like yeah. place is crazy. Oh yeah, dude, it, it turns into five a.m. like like that. I've never seen anything like yeah. it. Like <laughs> they, they, they would go on. That was the latest they would go on for any set. Um, they like would start four, at right? they would start at one thirty in the morning. In Vegas, you would start at like one. Mm -hmm. So one thirty in the morning, and they would. I'm too loud. No, no I'm saying it's too, too late, late, dude. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So bewildered. Dude, Holy no, and shit. Then, um, <laughs> My bedtime. It would start right. at one thirty, and they would go to like 4. But normally, the club is like emptying out by like, you right. know, 3 maybe. Because mm -hmm. people are like, yeah, it's too late. Packed. Packed. I've never seen anything like Packed. it. And they get off, and the next DJ comes on at like yep. 4 a.m., and then like still pass like, 6 a.m yeah. is that every night that's what's going on it's it's mostly like wednesday through saturday on like just hey god take sunday monday to <laughs> yeah. actually i lied i lied sunday is actually the night that live gets jumping yeah. really they call wow. it church it's terrible no. it's, such a bad place. No it's a terrible that's city nuts. so what were your thoughts on kind of this whole season after it wrapped and you've had time to really think about you know everything that unfolded i think just taken i took like a week to two weeks off actually came out here home home to to newport and and just try to like decompress and think about everything because when you're in it and i know and i know you can attest to this like you're not thinking about what you're actually doing and honestly when i was in the finals like i was doing my best to take it all in but i was not realizing like dude i am like on the floor of the nba finals um and so kind of taking a step back and like you talked about rewatching everything oh my gosh i've watched our highlights from the mm. playoffs so many times yeah. <laughs> um and just man like we going back to the playing game i think i texted you even we were we played the bulls in the second playing game i was booking flights the next day to go to coachella like i was like we're done like this oh, yeah. is over season's off and then all of a sudden i'm flying on the team plane to milwaukee then all of a sudden i'm flying on the team plane to we're in New York and then Boston and then we're in Denver for the finals. I get um, just trying to wrap my head around how crazy, unique, special our playing game eight seed to the finals was was nuts. One in a million. Literally. Has that happened before? Has an it's, eight I mean, we've it's never happened. had a plan, but yeah. yeah. But has an eight seed eight, ever made it to yeah, the finals? Once. But they've never won. So we would have been the first. Wild. And it sucks to like, Jokic. It's like the worst. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, weird. realistically, and I don't know if you can comment on this, but like, it's the worst case scenario, like losing in the finals for a sports videographer. Cause like, that means you spent the most amount of time <laughs> shooting, but you also didn't get to win. Right. I feel like you don't have to answer, but I feel like that would suck. Playoff <laughs> bonus was smooth. I know y'all got those. That's yeah. I didn't, I didn't know you guys got those. Either. It's not great, but it's more than nothing. <laughs> Fire. So it's like every series you're like, <laughs> Game it got me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the funniest so you get you get per diem when you're on the road. Right. You get like a, a like check a, per day. Yeah. yeah, Fix told us. He gets fat per diem, dude. Could we, should we talk numbers? Can we talk numbers on the pod? I can't. I'm gonna, I can't. I don't work yeah, there anymore. No, no, $183 a day. No way, dude. Yes, that's way. crazy. So we get, and that's like staff. The players get more. We beat the Bucks, finish the series. <laughs> 
I don't even know if this should go in here, but Kevin Love's in the locker room chanting, Purdy, Purdy. That is, that is crying. Dude, I love Kevin. You know, Timberwolves guy. I loved Kevin Love. Yeah, I didn't on, realize the wolves. players would get per diem either. Makes sense. Oh, yeah. They oh, yeah. do on not need the, it. Wait, okay, wait. Is the per diem work into their contract? No. no. Or it's just no, like. Because it's for food. It's like, yeah, for, it's like it's when you're traveling. For your food when you're traveling. You don't need that. Yeah, they don't. When you have the three team meals a day, you got to have money to have your other three meals a day. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Got it. You got to have six meals a day. I mean, you're grown boys. Yeah. You are grown boys. Dude, I so I shoot like a lot of car stuff. Hyundai's per diem is a third of what you get. And we're in New York. Get some money. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm just spending my own money, dude. They love you guys at the Motel 6. Yeah. No, I actually get solid hotels, but then you just got to eat at Chipotle the whole time. Or else you're just going to lose money. You like Chipotle. Yeah, I love it. Shout Chipotle. Dude, I think my per diem was like 25 bucks. It was bullshit. I swear to God. You just like. Yeah. Okay. So the year ends, right? Yeah. We we finished the NBA season. You're back in Newport, and I remember you called me and we were chatting on the phone. You're like, "Yo, Fig, I think I might bounce." And most people, when they leave a job like that, they usually have maybe a retainer set up. And you're like, "Yeah, I'm actually just I'm done with this section of my life, and I want to move on. I want to go find something bigger and better." Because I think you know you always had that in store for you, and I knew from your work ethic, from just how you are as a person that you weren't going to have a, you know, any trouble getting these connections, but that was a huge leap of faith to leave a, you know, secure income. You're out in Miami away from your family, away from a lot of your friends that are out here. What was kind of going through your mind? Take me back through that, the final decision of like going into the office that day. You're like, I'm going to leave. Like I, I'm going to put in my two weeks and I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. It, it took a lot. It, but it was one of those things, as, as I mentioned before, like, like I am religious, I, I've never felt more like peace about anything. And, and it was one of those things where there was little things climbing of like, okay, I, I got offered, like Davion Mitchell was on that championship team at Baylor, one of my good friends still. He was like, hey, come to Costa Rica with me. Um, wouldn't be able to do that because it was in the middle of Las Vegas Summer League. So I would have had to be there if I was working for the Heat. Um, little other things like there was an event I was hosting um, that the Heat weren't weren't going to allow me to host. Um, it's a couple other things happening that just just kind of clashed heads, and and um, it was just like let's let's go. Um, and I think I kind of just realized that like my mental health, my happiness, my whatever was bigger than working for an NBA team. Um, and I was kind of over sacrificing all that for just just the title of I'm the Miami Heat videographer photographer how much of your identity was wrapped up in being their videographer mm. i struggled with something similar and i talked about it on a whole podcast episode once i stopped um touring with the dj duos that i was mm -hmm. touring with it was like a lot of my identity was wrapped up in being able to say that i was their content guy their photographer mm. videographer um and so i re i had to realize that like the reason i think i held on to the job longer than I should have was because my identity was wrapped up into that. Mm. So did that at all affect your decision and like play a part into deciding whether to leave or not? I think if I hadn't have taken like that two weeks just away, it would have. Cause I mentally, I was planning to stay for another year or whatever, um, but kind of took that break and detached myself from it and got around all my friends that like, didn't give a frick that I worked for the heat. And they're, they're gonna love me if I worked for In-N-Out. Um, like it didn't matter. It was like, wow, there was just, why am I doing this, you know? Um, and and it was, let me not put it down, like it was the best job in the world. I, I had the coolest job I could ever have dreamt of. Um, but, it, but it was just kind of running me to the ground and I had bigger dreams. Um, but yeah, it was it was hard because in Miami, they, uh, they really want you to bring value, like in the city. And so now I'm kind of like, I meet somebody, they're like, oh, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Oh, I do photography and video videography. And it used to be like for the heat. And now, I don't know. But also, who who cares? If people care enough about that, like you don't want to be hanging out yeah, around them anyway. Yeah. Totally agree. Preach. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like it's uh, it is kind of nice to be able to like say something sexy just it because is. it's like it's easy. Like yeah, film for the fucking heat, and they're like, oh, it's like concise no too. Mm -hmm. Trying you know, to come to live like, till four a.m. <laughs> right. Like dude, VIP I, table. Can I get like twelve tickets for tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, you love, oh yeah, dude, yeah, I got you. you, you bro. Those ticket text. <laughs> Oh my goodness, dude. There's actually, speaking of the tickets, there's a guy uh, named JD Dubois who works for the Lakers. I'm sure you've gotten to know him. He uh, always puts someone on a story like, if you want tickets, go to Ticketmaster. <laughs>
There's like a screenshot of like text. Yeah. That's funny. How lit is Costa Rica? I was there earlier this year and it was like amazing. Dude, it's smooth. The, yeah. the funny thing about going there with Davion is he's a workaholic. Mm. And so we were up at 6 a.m. working out and then we'd go to the gym and we'd, we'd lift. And, and so it was vacation, but really he was he was there to work, which we went across yeah, to another country <laughs> to work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's it was still a vibe. You went, where, where else did you go to work out? There like wasn't a basketball court that you could find there, you just said? No, we did. Then oh, we'd, you go did. To, we'd go to a weight room after that. So he was doing two days oh my in Costa Rica. And yeah. what, what did the content look like that you were making for him when you were out there? Oh, I mean, it was it was beautiful. The gyms, I mean, it was palm trees all, all behind the court. And the whole goal out there was to kind of make like a little mini movie, Costa Rica documentary, whatever, and just kind of show him and the fellows and what, and what they were doing and what, what he does kind of in an off season. Um, yeah. I love that off season content. I always buy into it. I'm always like, you know, Ben Simmons is looking ripped again. <laughs> comeback kid. Yeah, comeback kid. I always do every year, dude. I'm like, man, cat, you know, he's looking really fit this year. Like, Wolves are going to be good. I'm always seeing those oh, off season yeah. like workout videos and shit. And I get excited. Have you probably, seen the you're video? probably loving FIBA then this year. I huh? love FIBA, dude. Ants going off. Oh yeah. Have you seen the video of cats? Like how much he changes his voice? Like there's, have you seen those? I have seen a little bit of this. What's the deal with that? Know, he's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. <laughs> and we got to trade him for Dame, dude. Make it happen. No. <laughs> Dame Dollar, dude. I'm Dame Time? Oh, no. What is it? Dame Time? Dame, Dame Time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You met Davion when you guys were in college, mm -hmm. right? You guys are becoming buddies. You make a relationship. And when you become friends with somebody, I feel like it can be difficult to kind of separate this working relationship mm -hmm. and your friendship relationship, especially when their money's involved. Yeah. And so when you're working with pro athletes specifically, not with a team, you're like one-on-one -on -one with someone who's a pro athlete. Yep. How does that conversation come about of money? Because it's something that has to happen, obviously. You're mm -hmm. there, your time is being used, you're, you know, have a really, you know, $7,000 camera set up that you're bringing everywhere with you. You're producing content for their platforms. How do you kind of you know bring that conversation up with him or her and what does it kind of look like i think it's all just about being forward and upfront and honest um and and the, the beauty of like these athletes is they understand someone who works hard to do what they do um and they understand like for the most part athletes understand like you you bring value to the table um and it's like so hey like this as well i'll do for this and i think it's big on having it beforehand um because if you kind of get into the workflow with an athlete then it's kind of like well i haven't paid you yet why would i start paying you now. Um, but just having that kind of upfront, honest conversation at the jump and just being completely blunt of like, Hey, like this is kind of what it would be for this or that. Um, but it's definitely tricky, like balancing friendship and business um, and trying to take whether it is a business relationship into a friendship or a friendship into business relationship. You start working with him on like an individual basis. Are you coming to him with ideas that you have for content? Um, like how planned out is the content that you're making him? Is it kind of something where, okay, let's go work out. I'm gonna just film a bunch of stuff and figure it out in the edit. Or is it like, are you coming to him and be like, yo, this would be really dope. This would be really dope. This would, would be really dope. This is the things that we need to execute this content. And then it, like how involved is he with it? Is he just like super trusting in you being like, yo, I know you're gonna chef like do your thing. Yeah, with with Davion specifically last summer, he had a camera guy with him and made like a little mini movie. And so in that situation, I was like, yo, like, I can do this, but like a lot better. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yo, just bring me along and this is how I'll do it this, this, this way and, and execute it this way. And if we go here, we'll do it this way. And and so that was specifically planned. Um, but a lot of other things is like pitching it. Um, like, hey, I think it would be dope. We're going to, I'm, I'm here in LA shooting for Tyler Hero. And so when we were out here before we got here, I was like, we should do this, this and this. And he was like, dope, but I also want to do this. I was like, okay, sweet, we'll do it all. Um, yeah, so balance of pitching and and, yeah. How receptive do you feel like the players are to, I mean, you've, you've worked with like a whole NBA team. Maybe that content's a little bit different than working with individual players. Like, do you find that uh, these pro athletes are like down to just like do a bunch of stuff or some people like, ah, I don't really want that filmed or like, how does it work with the people that you've been able to, to shoot? Yeah, it's it's it kind of goes hand in hand with what we were talking about before of like knowing when to record and when not to record. But most off season content, one is most successful on social media, but also most successful in relationship if you just film what they're already doing. Um, and, and it kind of gets weird for the guys or can get weird for, for someone if you're like, hey, I need you to say this or can I ask you a couple questions or whatever, because then you feel like media. Um, and, and that's, I think it's kind of like a known NBA players don't love media. Um, and, and so making yourself just feel like a fly on the wall, like hey, you just live your life, like, I'm just gonna have this red button filming. Um, it's kind of how I've tried to go about it. After the the job's over and you're back and you know you're back home, 
How did you, you know, you're obviously now working with Tyler Hero, which is awesome. What did that look like? What did that combo look like? Were you with an agent? Are you just, did you just develop a relationship with him and you got to, you know, talking about, hey, like maybe we could do content throughout this year. What did it look like? Yeah, it was partly they had needs and partly me just being like, hey, I can do this. Um, and there was just a couple specific events they had going on, whether it was a camp or or he was he was launching a pizza in Miami or or he was going to do a weekend full of stuff back home. And it was just like, we want video for it. And I was like, I'm free. Like, I got you. We can do it this way. And I would do it this way. Um, and it was just right timing, right place and, and kind of just flowed. Um, but that was not something that happened this season. Ironically, they he had actually asked me to help do stuff video wise for him during the season, him and his team. And, and since I worked with the Heat, I couldn't, and I had to say no. Mm. Um, and so I think I'm, I'm just really blessed that he kept me kind of in his head and said it wasn't, yeah, there was still availability when it came around the summer. I have mixed feelings on Tyler Hero because you know he committed to Wisconsin. Yeah, And I was, dude, my brother and I, I remember he committed and we were oh, like, we were like, all right, where's the national championship this year? Like looking at hotels, <laughs> like so excited. Decommitted, went to Kentucky, it's fine. We'll see ya. It's fine, you know, it's fine because like, <laughs> Dude, one, one we already beat Kentucky. I'm, okay. He also would like still be at Wisconsin if he had gone there. You know what I mean? We don't really let people go one and done. You know, it's probably a four-year thing. Probably like, whatever, still be there. True. But um, it's fine. I'm over it. I love Tyre Hill in the NBA, but I had a vendetta against him for a while. And I just slowly exactly. started like, to like him, dude. In the bubble, bubble hero was so nasty. Crazy. Wait, were you in the bubble? No, I wasn't. I was still, still I was still at Baylor. Yeah. yeah. Was the bubble where he did the smirk? Yeah. Dude, he was just, he was, a, he was a rookie and he was just, he was walking yeah. around that bubble being like, not a single MVP vote this year, dude. Like, you know, he had so much confidence. It was so fun. Ironically, I was actually a Lakers fan then, so I kind of yeah, hated him. I was actually going to ask you that. What's that transition like going from like, like, because you probably grew up a Lakers fan. Mm-hmm. And now when you're with the Heat constantly, you probably become like a giant Heat fan, I oh, assume, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that weird? Do you like, if they play each other, who are you cheering for? Like, for sure. Cheering for me, dude. You doing any Absolutely like not. under the table, like come on when LeBron hits a shot against the no. Heat? No. No. All in on the Heat? All in. It was it was weird going Lakers fan to working for the Pistons was very easy to stay being a Lakers fan. Right. Because right. we just were not winning any games yeah. in Detroit. Uh, but jumping to Miami, is like, nah, man, you know, frick you guys. <laughs> heat culture, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> Did you like working more for a team or more for an individual person? And what are some of the pros and cons of both sides of that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's two very different experiences. I think in-season is when the, the pros kind of really weigh for working for a team um, just because the access and and you're on the team plane, you're in the team hotel, you're on the road. But, but like right now um, shooting with a guy, like I, I'm, I'm the only camera there. And so it's like flipped. And um, so I'm the one with the access and the one shooting and, and um, getting to do life with them here. Whereas if you're with the team, you're doing it in season. Um, I think the biggest difference though is freedom, uh, freedom of time because you work with the team. Brandon gets to go and go to the office two days a week. I had to go in five. Yeah, but uh, so that's kind of one of the bigger differences as well. Getting to work for a player to not have to go into office five days a week. Right. <laughs> Love that. So now during the season, are you like, are you still like filming like him like going to the game, but then you like don't really do any like game time stuff because it's like hard to get access or like you, I guess we don't know yet. We don't but know yet. Yeah. 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 Because you might be yeah. able to get like a, he might have like a box or something you could like yeah. film from or whatever. No, I, I'll, I'll be credentialed during the season. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll probably just be like, uh, y'all know where slam shooters shoot? I got that little bird's eye mm-hmm. view. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be up there shooting instead of you on have the baseline. A, a 70 to 200? Oh, yeah. Or 100 to 400? I might. I don't know if I got that bag in me right now. But. <laughs> Dude, I told, um, I told the Sony guy, I was like, you guys got to make like a 100 to 400 2.8. He goes, dude, you don't know how big that fucking camera is. <laughs> he goes, you see that 400, that 400 prime? It was massive. Oh, yeah. He goes, think about having a 100 to 400 zoom with that because the yeah. 400 was a 2.8. He goes, oh, dude, goodness. it would be massive and it would be uh-huh. It's be a telescope. You would get why do you, so cut. <laughs> not to get into the weeds. Why do you need 2.8 if you're shooting 400 mil? It's going to be shallow as shit, anyways, dude. Uh, yeah, you're right. Well, but, not that's when you're, but, but not when you're far away, though. Like, cause then it's still yeah, it like, still kind of gets that. And I guess you get a little, well, a little more light, whatever. We'll that's, talk about that's, later. That's what I'm <laughs> I got this 35 millimeter 1.4. That's my yeah, baby right now. 35 1.4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the lens. I have a 50 1.4 now. That's my pregame lens, dude. It doesn't leave the camera. He's 35 1.4. Ripping shots, looking at it. So good. Closer's playing, you know, he's pre-gaming. <laughs> no, the, like, best, the best in-game, I was rocking 85 one, 
it was one four, but we had to have an adapter and it got it down to one oh. Oh shit. I was shooting in game video from the baseline with an eighty five millimeter one point oh. Missing a lot of shots. Absolutely never. <laughs> I, never oh, yeah. I never missed. Oh yeah. Missed. Never missed. I taught him how to pull focus. You did not teach me how to pull focus. <laughs> Do you even pull focus? Yes. Yeah. He's, he's I'm a sniper. Yeah, I'm messing with you. Righty, what is it? Oh, right is right tight. Is tight. Right is tight. Right is tight. <laughs> Right's closer. But but that's right actually not true because every camera does different. Canon, Sony, yeah. Zeiss. Wait, really? So don't memorize that. Right is tight. Remember it and put it on your forehead. <laughs> don't stop it. <laughs> okay, it's you, all feel. You've it's shot. Feel. <laughs> you can just feel like left yeah, is closer yeah, for sure yeah, on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good He's in focus. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> you decide to leave the heat, and how much are you able to post on your social media the stuff that you're shooting at the games? I would have to get every post approved. Okay. I feel like a lot of us, as you know. Uh, just content creators, we rely on the content that we're posting on social media to maybe bring us new gigs. You had the opportunity to now, like you were around the players, you know, um, and they were picking you up to like do other shoots. Were you worried about like having your personal brand be on point with the thought that like you may be leaving and like, I'm going to utilize my work to maybe get more jobs in the future and like how how close of attention do you pay to like the stuff that you post on social yeah i i mean i was not super worried about it i i kind of just tried to maintain my brand instead of it definitely wasn't a growth year for me um the year before was in, in detroit because they, they didn't really care as much but since since the heat kind of had a tighter tighter rain on it it was let me just maintain let people know like i'm still doing this and whether that was, I mean, just posting more on my story, resharing everything that went on the heat page that I made or, or um, something I would do is just post one-off clips and that I shot in game with with my 85 millimeter nice. with just, I don't know, a great song and put it in slow-mo. Um, just keep my brand consistent instead of necessarily trying to grow. The growing, I guess, to get the gigs would be more reaching out and, and, yeah. and stuff like that. Gotcha. So you got into the game because you wanted to you know, be closer basketball, filming, using a camera or whatever. Do you shoot things that aren't sports related? Like you, are you ever going on a trip making just like a vibey edit or like filming some trees moving and stuff? You shooting photos <laughs> of flowers? Like us all He's do? a huge flower guy, dude. Big yeah, flower guy? So I, I'll mess around every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and if like somebody's paying, you know, sure, always word. doing that. Just mm -hmm. did like a, a headshot gig for for some racks. I was miserable, but you know, you you're not gonna turn down the money. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. it's, not, it's not gonna turn down the money. But every once in a while, I I more so just bring either like a little film camera mm -hmm. or I just got with the uh, the Fuji X 100V. Yeah, um, it's so like I'll mess around with that and yeah and, and stuff like that. Just kind of stay creatively like. I don't know, joyful on yeah. point, but but I try to not. I really don't shoot video if if it's not work because because I'm kind of shooting every day already. So mm. it's feel that try to stay fresh. Well, I also feel like shooting video for fun, just shooting in general, takes a lot more effort because mm. it's not like you're gonna post like a raw clip. It's like yeah. you'd actually have to get behind your computer and edit yes. and make something if you're filming. I feel like editing photos is a lot easier and it's it's singular you know you can take one photo edit that and it's that's, that's the product and that's Boom, the product right. yeah but yeah i agree it's definitely like a uh more mental like i feel like i have to go take care of this i'm not just gonna like shoot a clip and not color it or not yeah, right. do anything or or whatever and i've, I've kind of noticed like and this is kind of something like i talk about mental health wise like I, I do my best and i'm the most creative when i knock my stuff out and then just don't touch a camera for the rest of the day um, and go work out or go on a drive or go get food whatever and so then the next day i can come back and i'm like let's go um instead of whatever just try to like separate because it is a job definitely um, right. at the end of the day yeah yeah and you i feel like you got it yeah you got to protect your brain dude we only have so many edits and your fucking sure. eyes dude. yeah bro 100 percent yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, i'll be shooting all day and then i'll look out and i'll be like oh god dude like i gotta close my eyes i to pass now. out yeah <laughs> you have blue light glasses yeah, but I heard I read an article Fugazi. that they don't. Yeah, Fugazi, yeah Fugazi. Fugazi, Fugazi. So I was like, dude, I gotta get. I don't think they do anything. <laughs> I looked it up. I thought they did for a while, and I've convinced myself that they do, so I sleep better if I wear them. But they don't actually do anything. <laughs> I'm wearing a really badass hat right now. And yeah, it's such a good hat. Dude. It's a great hat. Get a bucket. You're on camera. Throw I'll on link camera. it below. You know, throw your link below, dude. Come on. Um, Appreciate you. you. You're gonna sell out. That's yeah, crazy. such yeah, a sick hat. Are, made me so much money. Are you working on on something right now that you can share with us um, on this podcast? Yeah, I, uh, me and my two good friends, Max Gilberg, Chase McCann, and good sorry, night. my third good friend, Colin Griggs. Uh, he's our finance just guy. Just forgetting friends. It yeah, happens. I, just, I just, I am the creative world. Those, those <laughs> the first two, not the third one. But uh, we are starting an agency, 
and we are going to be focusing on creative direction for athletes, um, whether that's managing social pages, handling uh, brand deal content or, or whatever, um, as well as high level production. But we soft launched that company with this hat Nice. that says, get a bucket, you're on camera, play off of uh, smile, you're on camera, except it. Uh, basketball player sees it they might be like oh frick i gotta get a bucket that recorded me <laughs> can't miss that shot are you focusing no, uh strictly on basketball or are you doing all sorts of sports we're gonna do all sorts of sports nice. uh, max has some great contacts in football um, he's done some work with deandre hopkins and and some other guys and so we'll be we'll be covering our bases but yeah what, what do you think when covering a player what mm -hmm. if someone you know maybe maybe someone's at the college level they're working with someone for nil or maybe yeah. they're at the pro level what actually allows athletes to help grow their brand what have you noticed you've you've worked at you know three different teams you've worked for personally for some people what actually helps an athlete brand grow i, I think it's something that people miss is that they're like the same way you'll process like an influencer why are they an influencer because they have a lane and then so with a player, what is their brand? Um, I, obviously they're they're an athlete, but but what do you like to do? What do you enjoy? Who do you want to be known as? Um, and so that's conversations you have with the athlete. I had with the athlete. Um, and for some reason I was smart enough when I was at Baylor to have the, that, that conversation with the guys there. Um, and so been able to kind of have that, I mean, it just controls all the content you put out. And whether a guy wants to be known as a hard worker or a family guy, a great teammate, or um, he's kind of got like a rock star thing to him, or like maybe he has a, I don't know, there's a bad word on the street about him that maybe maybe this guy, I don't know, parties too much or, or he's a bad teammate and you want to kind of put content out that, that says the opposite. Um, yeah, or maybe there's a brand they want to work with. Um, Something like that. I always think it's fun though. I've been watching a lot of Netflix documentaries, like the untold stories. I think yeah. it's kind of dope. Like now kind of everything's kind of out there with like social media and stuff. Sure. But back in the day before social media was popping, you're mm -hmm. like, dude, is Johnny Mansell just yep. fucking crazy? And then like the story comes out, you're like, yeah, he kind of was. Yeah. It's happening right now with Hard Knocks. I hated Aaron Rodgers my whole life because of I'm a Vikings fan, right? Yeah. He just torched mm -hmm. us. Yeah. I was on the Jets, he's on Hard Knocks. It's fucking coolest, dude. And it's just like this. It's good though, because it's like all they're all like, God, he's such a nice guy, and you hear this weird stuff about him in the media, and they're like, TV's rock, dude. Aaron Rodgers rock. Let's go. And I'm like, he does kind of. Rock. <laughs> I feel like that stuff is so important, and it's so cool, and it changes your whole yeah. perception about like giving sports like a little story before then you see the season. Yeah. Just changed. Like now I'm like kind of a Jets fan all of a sudden, like on the side. Like I'll probably root for them when they're not playing the Vikes. You know. Let's go. Yeah, like to to kind of specifically say it, like we, me and Tyler have been doing for a couple months now and we were at his camp like two weeks ago in miami and this dad came up to me and he was like are you the guy doing the video stuff for tyler and I was like yeah like, yeah i have been um and he was like i just want you to know my son was in an argument last night with his friend of who's his favorite player and he said tyler because he's he's real and you get to see what he's doing with his life wow. um mm -hmm. and it was just like wow like people actually like notice these silly little videos i'm making for instagram or for TikTok or for whatever um People watch. People watch what they're doing. And we're blessed enough to like be around, whether it's DJs, athletes, teams, cars, whatever. Like people like care. And we I think I think we kind of forget sometimes we get to be around this stuff and, and see it every day. Um but there's people itching to see what these guys are doing, these people, whatever. Right. So it's uh, you go. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm always getting like the is the new Santa Fe gonna have reclining seats? <laughs> like, Shut up. Dude. I don't know. <laughs> Every year, dude. It's like, bring the stinger back. Is it? Is it? Yeah, dude. They got, dude, they got tech in Hyundai. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know. Dude, who cares? Buy the car. I was going to say, though, it's uh, it's a crazy it, DM to get. <laughs> all the time, dude. Comment section. That's hilarious. Yeah. Bring the Kia stinger back. It's like, you think I am in charge of that? Chase walks in the corporate building. Gotta talk to yeah, somebody. Yeah. Never believe the message I got. Stinger, it's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is always nice though to get recognition as the videographer the person behind the content because i feel like people are just scrolling on on instagram or tiktok and they see the content and it makes them love the player but you forget that there's they're not the ones making the product mm -hmm. and it's it's really nice if somebody goes out of their way to be like oh did you make that video like i love that mm. um yeah like i remember talking to like lawn ray we have our, our roommate, he shoots for a DJ and like he makes really sick recap videos and he'll get love at like these festivals and these wow. concerts, like people coming up to him like, dude, I fucking love your videos. And like oh, that's awesome. that like makes it worth it for, for sure. I feel like us as videographers, like getting props for what we're doing. Cause yeah. 
it's a very like isolating job. I feel like it's thankless. Right. Totally. It's, yes. it's expected yeah. of you to do great and like mm-hmm. make it great. And it's like, it, it's so cool when someone does like be like, you make that video. Right. Yeah. I love that yeah. video. Right. I'm like, fuck yes. Yeah. Someone watched sure. someone. There's a real person behind that view count that actually consumed it and enjoyed sure. it. Totally. And, and even the way the content is consumed nowadays, like, you put out one piece of content, okay, we're on to the next. Like, yeah, you know, that you last to, piece of content gets mm, forgotten about mm, in yeah, a way. Totally. Yeah. Especially when, like, somebody comes up to you in person. Like, comments are cool, whatever. Yes. But, like, nobody's like, people are just throwing comments up right. these days. And, and so when somebody grabs you in person, like, yo, that, that thing was, that was dope. And it's like, wow. All right, cool. Yeah, appreciate you. I, it really yeah. warms your heart. It does. Yeah. I, it's uh-huh. super awkward. And then later, I'm like, yes. <laughs> it's like, you like get to, those reclines? Yeah, it's cool. I, uh, this is a series called Stock and Talk, where oh, no. pop into the gram, scroll deep, and I pull out a photo, and I want you to tell me the story of this specific picture. Wow. I mean, this is pretty fantastic one you picked here. This, it. I just popped it up on the screen. Oh, nice. Yeah, thanks. Can you guys see it? Oh, yeah. No, I did oh, it. I did it. I popped it up. It's here. Oh, it's right there? It's right here. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that photo, mm-hmm. no, I'm playing. It was uh, It'll be right here. summer 21. This, this summer, we didn't really touch on it, but I, I had been running content for an NBA trainer named Alex Bazell. He uh, was Carmelo Anthony's trainer, Kyrie Irving's trainer, Trey Young's trainer. And I say that just to say it was a very good summer. Um, ended up building a strong relationship with Melo. Um, and we did ended up doing, doing a lot of work for him that summer. But at the end of it was he helped me, he had me come to New York to run his content for a book release. Um, cause he ran a book and, and so did that. And this was a moment we, uh, were writing from, from a book event, uh, in his Maybach to his house to go have dinner. Um, it was safe to say it was a cool night. That was a, that was a cool night. I, I remember I, uh, <laughs> so funny i i facetimed my parents while i was in the car um and i had them screen record it so i could get footage of myself with mellow in a maybach yeah hell yeah <laughs> clever sneaky That's so funny it's actually so smart yeah. i'm just surprised he has uh corded headphones straight yeah. headphones yeah. those oh, are yeah. bad those are in sometimes he people are rocking those what's good yeah. no uh, especially in your airpods it's a thing it's a thing yeah, i bought some the other day and i was like yeah Oh yeah, I just coming back, dude. Oh yeah, it's vintage. It is, bro. Oh yeah, and then it got caught on one thing, and I was like, I'm done. done. AirPods, AirPods, back to him. What do you hope to accomplish back in these next three to six months as you head back to Miami? You're getting to work with someone awesome. You have, you know, this whole year is like a blank canvas. I feel like for you, Um, what do you really want to accomplish going forward? I think this is a time where where I'm gonna grow a lot. And like, I've kind of spent the past two years, like learning a little bit here and there, but I think I'm ready to kind of expand as a creative, expand, um, what, what I can do, my network and the kind of the brands I touch, the, the, the way I'm able to grow Tyler's brand, um, all that kind of stuff, get, get to the moon and, and, um, honestly, yeah, try to help tell his story in the best way I can. Um, yeah. It's exciting times. It really is. What do you think, what do you think makes, um, a good story in a piece like Mm -hmm. how are you able like uh, i guess what like what are techniques you can use in a video piece to better tell a story like specific like video editing techniques for sport let's do sports specifically i think in sports videos where a lot of people go wrong is the cuts they make um whether it's they break the the 180 degree rule or or they cut like if you're trying to make a cut while someone's shooting a jump shot and you cut at the wrong time, it kind of blows. Um, but the best way to tell a sport story in sports is audio. Um, and whether it's taking a little more time to download some, some audio bites of, of somebody, Oh, Jimmy Butler has missed the last four games. And he's coming like, just, just little audio bits kind of take your story to, to a real nice level. Um, that's something the heat really, really ingrained in me and gratefully taught me. Yeah. I feel like sports, more than any other me- like there's no media coverage about the new hyundai you know there's not really media cover <laughs> well, like, like audio auto trends stuff. auto trends oh oh i get what you you're know saying. What I'm saying like there's no. just Stephen a smith and uh-huh. skip I've, bayless debating i was just like a shit on no, jesus, no, like, no, jesus I christ not yeah i was like there's a lot of me like motorsports yeah. i'm thinking okay i get like, you there's, there's, yes, totally. i got you no like yes there's not like an announcer yeah and the hyundai genesis is going for the fucking roundabout around the world right yeah it's gotta be something can it make it it's the moment too big 
I guess what I'm saying is like no other. It's like Max Kellerman. Who do you want? <laughs> what car do you want? If you're driving home. I want the Santa Fe. Yeah, that would be a fantastic oh, advertisement. Uh, yeah, right. Actually, we might have just given you some. Dude, that uh, be that's. But I feel like there, there's no other niche that you have those audio bits, and I feel like that's so you're true. right. Thinking mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. great sports videos, mm-hmm. the stories like come from from the audio bites yep. from like the media. Yeah. Even if it's like in documentaries, you sit people down for interviews. Like it's so funny, like knowing, like like watching a documentary and they like say, oh, so-and-so with the journal. Like I was around that version. We're around those version of the heat. And I'm like, dude, that, that person is just like a person who happened to be there. They don't actually know parts of the story, but it's just the fact that you have someone talking about it. It's like, oh, like shit, this is fire. Oh, this moment was crazy. Like, and, and, and so audio goes a lot farther than, than people think about. BTE SFX pack link below. I have a. I, have a, I use it in all my videos. I, I have a question for you. What is some advice for your 18 year old self? To tie us in a bow here. Yeah, my my story has been defined by change, and 18 year old Trey was frightened deeply by change. Um, I I was yeah. I I think I would tell myself don't don't be afraid to make a jump. Um, because I've gotten to where I am by by whether it's quitting something or moving across the country or. Um, moving across the country again, or um, just not being afraid to make a jump to, I don't know what, what I feel like is, is best in the moment um, and, and take a, take a little risk and bet on myself as the kids are saying these days. I'm excited to see what you continue to do this year. I'm stoked for you. Get a bucket. You're on camera. It'll be linked below. Help the boys get to 200 likes. Let's run this fucking video up. 200 likes, hit the sub button, hit, leave it a like. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Later.